You are listening to Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. Expand your mind and keep it love. Everything you hear in this episode is fair use, Creative Commons license. And before I forget, don't forget to check out my IGTV page. That's Alpha Male Buddhist. Click on IGTV and I have about 20 or 30 videos that are an accelerated repository of knowledge there. Get you on the fast track to knowledge and understanding of self and truth and how to reduce suffering and understand the true self. So go check that out. That's Alpha Male Buddhist. Check out my IGTV page. Also, my email is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. Just one word. Some feedback would be great. Enjoy the show, and let's get into it, man. Like looking for the right one, baby If it's payday, I'm at your doorstep I never sweat swinging the F nowadays Cause my rep is known for the tricks That are trade like toys in the cypher with my boys We be getting busy, wreck a shop I drop the top, I make the seeds pop From the lies that I sparked last night in the dark I be dedicated to the moon cause it's black Resurrect, come back Tell me about the other side jacks Now we going back to who got the props When I blew up the spot last year on the box Pressure to come back with another fat single Not too underground to make it stop when you mingle But what's it? Pay attention to the third verse And I'ma take you to another level first Yeah, don't front, you know I got your openness The original has me and the original crooks Don't front, you know I got your openness You're sweating EVD number one DJ Don't front, you know I got your openness The original has me and the original crooks Don't front, you know I got your openness you sweat and it will be number one DJ First of all, listen, I'm letting you know that when you see me at a show You better prepare for the flow right away I'm dimming the brighter day, it's never sunny Still on nothing move but the honey out the pay So I enter the brother zone I come to the front of the stage to let you know who's on the phone Leave it alone, see it's a hip-hop thing Not a fake drip drop thing, but corny ass lane You can fool the rest 
best, but you can't fool me. See the best school me for the simple fact it's the GOG. Buck to the shot, steal to the text, and buck to the box. So forget the past, no more shorty. Strictly buck shot, I rock it one down to 40. Below, I got to let him know that I elevated levels higher every time I felt the fire. People tried this when the jam got cold. Used to be the man, now your band got old. I know the plan, so I keep them scoping. Don't front, you know I got your old. Don't front, you know I got your open. It's the original heads me and the original crooks. Don't front, you know I got your open. Check the dialect from my diaphragm, my man. Don't front, you know I got your open. It's the original heads me and the original crooks. Don't front, you know I got your open. Check the dialect from my diaphragm, my man. Yeah, without no doubt. This is dedicated to my man, Big Five, Big Trev. Real's in the place to be. I'm coming to get you out, kid. And we out, no doubt. if I suddenly decided to stop going into work. A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. This is episode 166, and I'm your host, Miguel. The episode today is going to be about a television series that came out a few years back by the name of Breaking Bad, and it is such a powerful uh, television series. I believe it was five, five, uh, five years long it went, and there was a finale, and then there was like a post one that was El Camino, which was with Jesse Pinkman. Crazy stuff. I mean, I'm not going to, the movie, that that whole series is so rich in so many details, twists and turns, that it doesn't do any justice to sit in. I hate when people do that. They try to cram all kind of stuff into like a short show. But I'm, I'm going to look at the mechanics of the series in, in the way that I do, like little moments of it, of how uh, the ascension of, as it were, Walter White and Gustavo Fring, because it was a symbiotic relationship. Of course, Gus was kind of a big-time guy already, but... It's a catalyst situation where one plus one equals two, but if you put the correct one with the correct other one, it equals five. You know, it's exponential more than the individual. Then they fed off one another's catalyst, Gustavo and Walter. And, of course, Jesse Pinkman was mixed in there, and, you, got, you know, you have Tuco and a few different badass characters in there. The one thing I didn't like, I'm going to be honest, some of the little scenes in it, especially when I go back and watch a series now, like where they're eating cereal and they're talking about what kind of, you know, fertilizers using the front, you know, whatever. Uh, it really kind of starts to put me to sleep. So some sections of it I kind of skip forward. But this series, man, I, I can't put it into words. It just encapsulates. And that's the beauty, beauty of it, I think, is that a lot of the things that, that are conveyed or that this uh, 
Sirs, this place to us is something that you really can't put words on, especially when it comes to like that rivalry between Walter White and Gustavo Fringman and, and how the whole thing goes down. And they're the exact same uh, mirror image of one another. If you look at it very carefully, they're exactly the same thing. Uh, same cursing and everything like that, just coming from a different aspect. Both uh, very smart at what they do, and one is strong at what, what the other needs, and the other needs what the other strong at. You know, the whole symbiotic relationship kind of thing, because Walter was a great meth cook, and Gustavo Frick was a distributor, and had all the contacts, and the whole night. And it, it, the series, man, I recommend if you're into, like, intense stuff, got to go back to uh, episode one, season one, and go check it out. You can even find it online for free. You know, that's one of the nice things. I, I got myself recently a Chromebook. And uh, the reason I like the Chromebook also it has what's called the quote-unquote sandbox. And that sandbox meaning that you're not directly attached to anyone else's server. It gets a little bit technical, but, like, it's nice if you want to do some transactions. kind of like Linux. You have some degree of privacy with it. So I'm, I'm messing around with that, those features. It's basically just use it. And don't put your information out there like that, but it is a secure connection between yourself and whatever uh, server you're trying to connect to. So give it, give a look into that um, Chromebook. I got one, let's uh, say two months ago, and I'm really happy with it. So uh, back to where I was. The whole essence of Breaking Bad breaks down to this, okay? You have a gentleman who is, let's say, 50 years old, a typical family man doing his thing, and life is great. But inevitably what happens is he gets diagnosed with some type of cancer. And he still has bills and responsibilities and he wants to help his family out dearly. He doesn't know what to do. So one day he's riding along with his brother-in-law, his sister's husband. And it's a bust of a meth place, like where they're cooking meth or whatever. So he's in the car and they go in and do the bust and everything. And he says, hey, can I just go in and see what it looks like? Because he's into chemistry. I guess he's curious. So when he walks in. He sees a big stack of money and the chemistry and everything like that. And he sees how, you know, you can make money very easily like that. So he gets the idea, he gets that spark. So also while he's waiting there, he sees his, one of his students from chemistry class, Jesse Pinkman, jumping out of the window, pulling his you know jeans up and flopping his sneakers on, you know, to run away. And it was Jesse and they just look at each other. So they meet up in, in school and he was thinking about it, um, Walter White who's later to be named Heisenberg, his nickname. Walter White turns around and says, you know, man, there could be a lot of money made here and I only have a year to live and possibly with this cancer, he was given six months to a year. So he's thinking to himself, if I can do this pretty quick, I can sell it and at least help my family. And if I get busted, it doesn't matter. I don't have that much time to live, which is in a way honorable, you know, I guess you could say. So it is and it isn't, you know, it is, it's the duality of it. So he talks to Jesse and they sit down and they decide they're going to do this, right? So they proceed to do it, but he, Walter decides very quickly they need to get an RV, a recreational vehicle, and make like a mobile lab, which they do in the desert. And there's some crazy scenes on, the, on this series Breaking Bad within the desert and, the, you know, people are chasing them and shooting them. It's just kind of like, almost like it reminds me of the old Good, Bad, and the Ugly, kind of with that imagery and that music and just the whole feel of it. Because it's a whole feel when you're watching Breaking Bad. That's how well it was done. So, Walter and Jesse Pickman get into cooking on uh, meth in this RV. And long story short, they start getting good at it. But they can only sell out little bits here and little bits there. So, ultimately, it ends up being that they need a connection, which ends up um, 
Jesse ends up going to speak to him because his brother knows his friend or whatever, and they ended up robbing Jesse of a kilo of meth, and he beat the crap out of him almost to death. So here's where the movie gets a little bit crazy because at this time, Walter is playing his role and playing his position as a person that you know produces this uh, thing that he does, this meth or whatever, but doesn't really know the ins and outs of it, doesn't know the business, and doesn't you know really have a, a true understanding of how this works and how when there's money involved, how it changes the game. So, but he knows that he has to react in a certain way because if not, and this is where the 48 laws of power come in. And what he's doing here is remembering the law that states. Law number five, so much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. But the one thing that does happen is Walter White, a.k.a. Heisenberg, employs that law of, of attraction, of, you know, protecting your reputation with your life. Because at the point in time that his underling, you know, in power-wise, is, is hurt, this is a direct reflection on him. That's why he came back to seek revenge on his own, to set the record straight. And as a result of that confrontation and that risk that he took, he gained that person that put a whooping on his own guy, which is his name is Tuco, like the old Clint Eastwood movie. They had an alliance where Heisenberg would cook and sell you know, him kilos you know, on schedule and such. And Jesse was involved in it and everything was made up. The guy was crazy. But what happens was Walter's in a position where he doesn't have those contacts and he needs that. But yeah, he's the best cook in town and his men, you know, the whole, I don't want to get into, I don't want to glorify drugs because that's not the point of this episode, you know. And it becomes political and, and no, Walter's not a gangster, but he is a student of life and he understands politics and power and play in the 48 laws of power because he employs those 48 laws of powers throughout the whole series, right? And that's what you, like I said, if you watch him very closely, everything that he does, he's, right now, like I said, he's, he's protecting what's his, you know, his reputation. And he understands that if he doesn't have his reputation, he has nothing. Where the flip side, if he protects his reputation, then it exponentially builds, his reputation exponentially builds up. And so what he does, what does was he comes back to Tuco's residence, you know, his, his office. And Tuco's the local gangster, low grade guy. And Walter, that was the, you know, you hear the audio of it where he says, listen, uh, you know, you met this and that. And he goes, this is not meth, this is not troglycerin. And he slams it and blows everybody up. And that's how they formed the alliance. <clears throat> so, there's a lot, lot to be learned here, man, as this goes on. But ultimately, I'm going to put this whole Breaking Bad into like one concise envelope that is really what it's all about. As Walter... A.K.A. Heisberg, Walter White is cooking because it's, I use the name both because the name Heisenberg is kind of cool actually. As Heisenberg is cooking for our, our guy, Gustavo, Gustavo Fring, there's a tension that builds up between them because Walter, because Gustavo Fring never, from the inception, never did like. That's why you need to watch this series to get more out of this, this podcast episode. I can't cram all that in here. But when they met him in his fried chicken joint, because Gustavo Fring owns a, a, a franchise of fried chicken joints, and he's, you know, success, very successful businessman, very successful. But he's also a meth distributor, and he uses the business for both. So when they first meet up, Walter introduces himself as a great cook, and, and, and Gustavo, yes, understood, I tried your product, blah de blah de blah but because I do not like your friend, and the friend being Jesse Pinkman, doesn't like him, why? Because he's a meth head, and he's very unreliable. 
So from day one, Walter does start cooking for um, Gus, Gustavo Fring. And they have a relationship from day one Gus never did like. And I always wonder if Jesse Pinkman worked out better how that whole relationship would have worked out. But as it were, Gustavo's knuckled in his own guy to help out Walter White uh, to learn how to cook, you know, to be the assistant and muscled out Jesse Pickman. Jesse was stupid, really, you know, in many ways. Smart in many ways and dumb in many ways. But <clears throat> the, 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 the meat and potatoes of this series is where Gustavo's trying to figure out when he gets a student underneath Walter that that student could then take over the business and he can kill Walter. And Walter's not stupid. He's realizing the same thing that Gustavo's employing him and paying him all of this money and giving him this power until such time as the assistant is good enough to, to overtake him where he's not necessary anymore. He's not stupid. And that's the chess game of, of Breaking Bad when you break it down to its lowest essence. It's what it is. And there's people in between. Another really interesting character is Mike. He's like, he's a liaison between the crooked lawyer which is what about Saul, you know, Saul Ginsberg, I think his name is, great actor, funny guy. Mike is a liaison between him, like the police borderline, you know, the gangsters, Walter Heisenberg, the, the Mexican cartels. I mean, he's a little bit, he, he's an ex-cop, so he's got a lot of connections, Mike, and he's really interesting the way he goes about doing stuff. Uh, it's crazy, the series. So... Walter White realizing that he has to maintain his power and his word and his reputation does so and he just moves up the ladder and it ends up being a confrontation and now Gustavo Fring is like uh, looking to whack Walter because Walter is now becoming too powerful also. He's beginning to you know do, do the same moves and have the same knowledge that Gus has and this is a meeting with some of the same people. So it's interesting how one wants to outwhack the other and Consistently, what you see happening is Heisenberg employing that 48 laws of power, constantly employing that, that discipline and that strategy, and constantly it working out for him. It's so, and, and meanwhile, Gustavo Freeman is also employing those same 48 laws of power strategies and is working for both of them as their nemesis, you know, who's going to make the world move first. Walter is also employing law number 11 learn to keep people dependent on you. You know, that's like law number 11. So he's actually employing two laws at the same time. Because underneath it all, both Gustavo uh, Fring and and uh, Heisenberg, uh, Walter White, are observing one of the, you know, the laws of uh, power, which is crush your enemy totally, law number 15. They're very aware of that, and that's how they move. Especially at that high level, they don't play checkers, man. They're playing 3D chess. So both Heisenberg and Gustavo are looking at each other in light of who has the advantage at all times. Is you know, that's what makes the series. It makes it tense, but it makes it a chess game to watch it and to see how how these masters move their pieces along the board. It's really exceptional, man. So these different laws that are being employed from 48 Laws of Power, you can see them in action in, in this television series as he follows along. And it's not that it's structured in stone where, oh, well, he put this law. It's not. It's just the general flow of how it unfolds, the series unfolds, and the way Walter and Gus and Mike and Jesse Pinkman 
and to go how they these characters integrate with one another and how they flow and how the date doubled cross and everything the elements of this series how it takes part and how you can you can really see the unfolding of those 48 laws of power within this series itself it kind of strikes me but i like to mash different things up you know i like to take two different not necessarily opposing concepts but two schools of discipline that are separated far apart and kind of mash them together and they're exactly the same like buddhism uh and eastern philosophy like uh, you know stoicism and buddhism you know how they're very very similar if you look at them at their low you know their low simplest element you know but this breaking bad is just just a textbook of the 48 laws of power another law heisenberg is employing this law number 28 take action with boldness like when you do something if you're going to do it anyway you might as well do it bold because you're going to either succeed or fail but at least if you do it right like with boldness you're in the right direction like for that slight edge to be able to take advantage of the opportunity Funny thing I was thinking about as I'm watching this series because it's kind of like a riddle that you're trying to unfold in your head because of the give and take and strategies that everybody's taking. And what I end up seeing is that at the bottom line is there's no loyalty there. And that's what makes it such a dramatic show because each character is trying to outwit and basically kill the other person the other character and sub-characters and so on. But there's no trust that's developed and each character is willing to double-cross or trade on the other character for the most part, right? So as I'm looking deeply into this, I'm saying, wow, there's no trust in here. Hence, trust, you could look at also as relying on something outside of yourself, right? Seeking approvals of others, seeking you know acceptance of others and people liking and all that stuff. You have to be aware of that, and it's kind of in a similar vein, right? It's, it's interesting to think about. Another one that I see here, another of the law of attraction is uh, law number 34. Be royal in your fashion. Act like a king and be treated like one. And Walter, you really did that Heisenberg alter ego was kind of like that thing, you know, where he's not a guy to mess with, like when he was out in the desert and he was fit for those of you that, that have seen it this scene is like memorable it's like it's like a Clint Eastwood-esque so Heisenberg is standing out in the tumbleweed you know with his crew there's like 10 cars and there's some tough guy in a leather jacket you know with the AR hanging off his chest and shit the whole nine and Heisenberg says to him what's my name and the guy kind of mums and goes Heisenberg and he goes got that right bitch <laughs> it was so classic but yeah, law 34, you know, is uh, be royal uh, in your own fashion, act like a king and be treated like one. Heisenberg always has that element of ability to do, to be a leader, to be a man of action, you know. And uh, law number 35 also, master the art of timing, which I always say timing and patterns, you know, observation, so critical in all things, you know. But that th law number 35, uh, master the art of timing, so critical in all of things. Okay, so yeah, it's like uh, law of attraction number 18. Do not build a fortress to protect yourself. Isolation is dangerous. So one of the things that Walter did, the way he lived his life, he never truly confided in one person or everything with him was, it's not that everything was a competition, but it's almost like it was a competition and he couldn't just live an organic life. Everything with him was a scheme and after a while it wears you down.
So that that uh yeah, that law number eighteen, do not build a fortress to protect yourself. Isolation is dangerous. It's something that you have to be very observant of. You know, there's a lot of things. Uh, another thing is a uh, law number twenty nine. You know, plan all the way to the end, and that's another thing Walter really neglected to do. To a larger degree, Gustavo Fring was able to uh, not manifest because it, I think that's a lot of hocus pocus sometimes that manifests after it's hard work. But Gustavo Fring was able to do that and, and had more discipline because he was living. You know, that suburban life and quiet and you didn't know anything about him. He wasn't out there getting all greasy and dirty and having bullets of flare passing. He was just making phone calls and he was just a big boss, you know, with a fried chicken place. So he was a genius in that sense. You know, again, I'm not encouraging anything like this. I'm a God-fearing man. I'm a Christian, but I'm just learning from this movie what, what it was putting on display for, for those who have an understanding to really get the whole allegory that's taking place with this movie. And it's a tremendous allegory, man. So, yeah, to he, one thing that he did not do, Walter White, or a.k.a. Heisenberg, he wasn't planning all the way to the end. You know, there was no solution or no real goal for him. He was just kind of doggy dog, you know? That's why it's so important to incorporate philosophy and philosophical thinking into your mindset, into how you actually go about living your life. Because a lot of these people... And you'll always hear them say, oh, you know, is Jeff Bezos really happy with all of those? Yeah, sure, superficially, I'm sure he is. But in actuality, you really do think that way because, again, you know, all of that bad karma that you're putting out there, you're going to definitely get that negative energy coming back to you in the form of some, I don't know whether it be suffering right now, the way it's unfolding, but just the knowledge of what you're doing, you know, and the results of the action that you're taking. So maybe some people are not that conscious of it. It's really tough, you know. But it's important to have an understanding of the dis different types of di disciplines. You know, you look at a movie like Breaking Bad and you'll say to yourself, wow, you know, this movie is about such and such topic and, you know, whatever. But you can glean some tremendous knowledge out of it. Again, at around age, mm, God, 12 years old, I watched the movie Godfather, the first one, and it un just unraveled the mystery of life to me. In Just part one, and I think two years later, part two came out. I think it was 1971, Godfather came out. I did an episode on it. It still remains in one of my top ten. Like every week I look, it's in there. came out two years ago. I put it out. One of my first episodes, 24, I think it was one of them. But it made such an impression on my life, the way that movie just displayed, you know, the way that screen displayed reality to me. Because it came off a uh, movie screen I watched back in those days, you know. So it's amazing how these truths, these allegories can be conveyed to us if we have the ability to, and the perception to be able to read them as they're being interpreted to us and not to see them as just not connecting with anything else. It's so important for that deeper understanding of all these different things that are presented to us. So in a, one of the final solutions that I actually have for, for this sort of, it kind of just popped into my head is that there was no trust between these uh, factions, Gustavo Fring and um, Walter White, aka Heisenberg which is crazy, but there's still so much to learn from the interactions that they had and the different ways that they went about trying to kind of clip one another and how the ball was constantly changing. And even though one thing that did make an impression on me was that Walter really didn't have anybody. He just had his wits about him. And maybe a little bit of Mike kind of whispered in his ear and gave him some insights on certain things. And that lawyer actually was kind of slick too, I guess. 
but he didn't have that many resources at his disposal, whereas um, Gustavo Fring did. But I guess was, Gustavo Fring had the responsibility of running a, a franchise business while at work. So it was it was so interesting to see it at so many different levels how it was unfolding, you know, and the cartels and all that, and they were singing mariachi. I might even include the mariachi at the end here about Heisenberg. What a tremendous um, series! I, like I said, I would recommend you know to to go see that, and you know, if you haven't read <coughs> Forty Eight Laws of Power yet, or listen to it on. YouTube. You're missing out on a, tr on a tremendous piece of uh, strategic strategic milestone, such a book that, that was written by Robert Greene in, in that book. It is kind of cold. It, it reminds me a lot of Machiavelli. If you get into the book, he wrote a book called The Prince. I Again, it's a, one of my past episodes. You should scroll through my history, man. I, I addressed, covered a lot of interesting different books for all different kind of topics. But Machiavelli reminds me a lot in a sense of um, having that type of thinking also. 48 Laws of Power is very Machiavelli. Very, very. And you could say one is colder than the other, but it's just interpreted in a, in a different light. Machiavelli was a genius in, in the way that he was kind of thinking in a sense. And obviously, Robert Greene had, was tremendously influenced by Machiavelli because Machiavelli was back in the 1500s, I believe it was. So it's important to go back and read these different minds, how they operated and how they integrated the reality around them for the time that they lived in. You know, you could always employ that discipline within your own wheelhouse and, and, and the way you are able to integrate with the, the, the situations that are being put in front of you and how you're dealing with the screen, you know, as it were. So, <clears throat> so interesting, this, uh, this movie, Breaking Bad, the series rather. This uh, television series has so much to present to the viewer from so many different aspects of perception for them to have a better understanding of what is really being presented to them now and how to better deal with that presentation. So, uh, anyway, I can go on and on with this series. Just go check it out and you know see what you get out of it. It's called Breaking Bad. It's a five-part series. And uh, it's definitely worth uh, your time to watch multiple times. I'm going to put some music on here and just extend the show a little bit. Uh, but for the, my audio part, this is it. I do want to thank you for listening. Namaste. Heisenberg 
Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast so it's motivational and inspirational i also have promotional t-shirts if you go to my website alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com you can see the promotional t-shirts there reach out to me also if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast just reach out and see if i can get that done i've been getting some really Great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.